From Edge Radio 99.3 FM, this is an edit of The Dice Man Cometh, the podcast. The Dice Man Cometh! Well, here we are. Just a few little computer slash radio desk issues here at Edge Radio 99.3 FM tonight with The Dice Man Cometh. But the main thing is, we're here in the studio... There's three of us. There is. There is indeed. We've got some games to talk about. It's episode 274 mm. of Australia's most professional <laughs> tabletop gaming podcast. Yes, if only they could hear the words that were off air only a few seconds before we started. Still don't think you should have let listeners behind the fourth wall, Mark. <laughs> Everything was seamless. Yeah, we're going to start to lose our reputation. Mm, wow. Anyway, and there's also the 22nd of this August 2019 as well. And what a cold and miserable 22nd of August it is. So oh. it's lovely to share in the combined warmth that is tabletop gaming. So we don't even have a time for a funny or an insightful introduction because we have a show that is so full, you have to take, you know, loosen your belt a little bit, move it a couple of notches out and just go, like you do after a good Christmas dinner. It's that full. Yes. So on that note, we're going to play a song and then we're going to come and talk about a game that is all about the evil things in life, including escaping from a life of crime. Hi, this is Matthew Dunstan, and you're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, the best podcast in Australian board gaming. Well, there we have the champion sound by Fatboy Slim here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM, and you are listening right here, right now, to The Dice Men Cometh. We've been playing some games Garth and Leon. Mm. Mm. And look, I had an idea. Okay. Oh. Let's tell the people about what games we've been playing, or in fact, what game we've been playing. We might tell them how it works, and mm-hmm. then we might give them our opinions. Sounds Let's sounds, try that for a change. I like the cut of your jib. That's slightly different from the last 273 episodes. Yeah. Correct. In a sense that we've now told people that's exactly <laughs> what we're about to do. All right, so let's get to it because we did have to start a little bit late because of, uh, let's just call them technical issues. Mm-hmm. So we tonight are talking about a game by one of... Certainly one of my favourite designers, and Mark, I know you're a big fan of this particular designer's work, mm-hmm. and Leon... You've played it games, so yeah. maybe you like them, maybe you don't, but maybe you can tell us your opinion. The game we are talking about tonight is by Vital Lacerda. Heavy, heavy, heavy Euro game designer. So if you are brand new to this episode and this show and board gaming in general, you've probably never heard of him. If you are a long-term listener, you would have heard of him a lot Kanban, CO2, Vinyos, Lisboa, Lisco. Gallerist. Oh, my goodness. So we are talking about Escape Plan, which was a Kickstarter release that, again, made all the monies. And the 30-second pitch in this game is that you're all criminals. Lovely. You've successfully stolen the whatever it is. You've sort of pilfered it away around the town to Mm -hmm. make sure that the cops don't catch it all. And then you've had a falling out and your job over the next three days is to get all your money and all your winnings from this particular theft or heist or skullduggery and get out of town quickly. Mm -hmm. You've fallen out with your fellow criminals and you're just in it for yourself. You have three days to get out before the city is locked down. Go. 
and that's all there is to the theme side of this game. Mm. Makes sense so far? Yes. Yeah, sounds very cool and not very lacertory at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like welcome to 1783 Lisbon where there's just been an earthquake and a flood and a fire and you've got to rebuild the town by getting enough wigs and dealing with the local <laughs> nobility and royal services and... Oh, oh my God. He's a man that will not be pinned down by a single theme or style. Exactly, because no, also... No cubist rabbit statues to put on a pedestal in front of visitors here. No, it also doesn't sound like you need to construct and build a car from the scratch. Or you need to save the world from uh, CO2 emissions, yes. for example. Or you need to curate an art gallery. So this game is thematically very simple. You're thieves, you've fallen apart, get your money and run. Now, as far as the Vital Lacerda game goes, this is also relatively light. It says <laughs> you'll play it in 60 to 120 minutes. <laughs> 60 One minutes. One to five of you will get to have that fun, and what it doesn't tell you is it'll take 45 to 60 to explain what it is you're going to do and why you're going to do it, but not on this particular show nah. because I'm not going to go into that. All I am going to say is that this game is made up of six turns... Within those six turns, you're doing it three times because you're playing out over three days. Each day is made up of these six components. Yep. Component one is you're going to get some money. Your money will depend how much income you've got and that'll be determined by how many places you've visited. Full stop. There will be a patrol phase where there will be some cards revealed. Now, the game itself has three potential exits that you can escape through considering that you're trying to escape the city. You can only escape the city on the third day. But during the course of day one and day two, those exits are just getting a bit more police presence. Mm. So you'll flip over some cards and see which exits are indeed having some police presence or, in fact, closed. And that couldn't be simpler because there are six cards. Two of them say one, two of them say two, two of them say three. They are the imaginatively, imaginatively titled exits one, two, and three, <laughs> you'll reveal two of those and one might say exit one and exit two. If an exit ever has two cards on it, it's closed and you will not be escaping over that particular exit. Mm. At the start of the game, one of those cards will be put away in the box without anybody looking at it so they don't know what exit is going to be left open. So that's another phase. Third phase is you're going to expand the city. The city is a hex-based city. It is also randomised because you will always have the same two starting locations... They may appear on your particular board in different configurations, but they'll always be the same two starting tiles. And then there are four stacks of tiles, A, B, C, D. Each of those stacks has three tiles in them, so there'll be some randomization. But the point being, the city will grow. And the reason you want the city to grow is because there'll be more places for you to visit as a criminal to collect your money from or to maybe recover for some damage that you might have in sort of... I guess just had to take while escaping police officers. Or you could go shopping. You can go to the shops. Uh, you're then going to do some turn order phase, which is determining the order in which people are going to play, and then you are going to actually play the game because the game is all about part five of every single day. Yeah. Because that is when it is imaginatively da, 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 titled mm. the player action phase. <laughs> now... Each player, so in, again, classic Vital Lacerda style, you will never have enough time to do everything yep. you want to do. Yep. Now, in classic Vital Lacerda style, you're basically given a choice. 
you start in this location, what do you want to do? Mm. It doesn't give you any direction. And again, looking at Lisboa particularly, that game just plops you in the middle of earthquake, fire and flood ravaged Lisbon and says, how do you want to fix it? This one plops you in the hospital, because why not, and says, what do you want to do to get your money to be able to make enough money to get out of town? Because the way you will win is by being the player that escapes on day three with the most money out of this thing. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you escape the city with donut money. You're just a pretty crummy Or thief. if you have heaps and heaps of money and then you just don't get out of the city. We'll get Garth. to that. Garth. Yeah, Garth. Garth. Oh, oh, really? Again? <laughs> Almost. Oh, interesting. No, no, he, uh, he told us about that one at the start of the game that I play. So, look, good. phase five I'm of sure this we'll game. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, phase five of this game is very simple because on your turn, the first thing you're going to be doing is making a decision. Are you going to rest or are you going to move? If you rest, that'll recover some cards that you've used, some equipment that you might have used. It might be able to recover a bit of health. Mm-hmm. And you'll do that a maximum of three times during the course of the game because you can only ever do that once per day. And you might do it three times if you've had a whole bunch of bad luck, but you'll more than likely maybe do it once or twice during yes. the course of the game. So that's a minor sort of part of this game. The thick of it is when you do move actions, and the order will be quite simply, you have to leave whatever location you are in. You are allowed one, two or three movement points to get to another part of the town. Sometimes more if you're travelling by a helipad or a heliport or a subway. But you've got to end your turn in a different actual building structure, something or other. Or a jet ski. Or a jet ski. Yeah, what? What? Well, hang on. Did you not get the jet ski? Oh, I didn't see no jet ski. It was a fixer tile. Oh, OK. Ah. So, you've got to move... After you have moved, you've then got to try and avoid the police officers that you will have encountered along the way, represented by red, black and blue police officer meeples that will populate the board. The SWAT and the FBI. Yeah, you've got county, you've got federal and you've got SWAT. Now that I think about it, actually, there's a lot of water on the map. Jet ski would have been really handy. Yeah, well, if you make a big river through the... Everyone kind of is like, we'll make a big river through the yeah. middle of the board. It actually becomes it's quite wow. handy. Did you guys not do that? No. Oh. Uh, and then after you've moved and after you've resolved uh, the police officers, which is essentially you either take wounds or you trigger cards and uh, equipment that you have to negate those effects, yep. you then actually get to do whatever it is, the business, the location, the, the place you have uh, visited. So for businesses, you're going to be either collecting end-of-game money or you're going to be generating immediate cash injections that is useful because you need to have cash on you to be able to afford to then go to a shop and buy some equipment like Mm -hmm. a gas mask or a a bulletproof vest or something. A nice police hat. To help you get past the local constabulary. Because you wouldn't steal a policeman's hat. No. Uh, Otherwise, you might go to a... But a pregnant lady could go to the toilet, didn't (laughs) That's true. You might go to a clinic to recover some health. You might go and visit a safe house to lower your notoriety and get a key to hopefully unlock a safe. Mm -hmm. You might go and visit a local thug or a gang, as they're called in this particular game, because they might give you a little bit of uh, extra assistance Mm -hmm. along the way. Uh, And basically, you'll visit a few locations, you'll do a thing, and that's the end of your turn. You will do that three times every day, potentially five times, and you'll do that over the course of three days, and then hopefully you'll escape with all the riches in the world and you'll be declared the winner. And we talked about, you know, in typical Vital style. Well, of course, 
in typical Vital style, it sounds really good to go to these places and say, get income. That'd be really cool. But what you didn't mention, Garth, is every time to, you go to one of these places, you drop a little cube to show you've been there. Uh, the income track, yeah. it has cubes. Each time you take a cube off, your income goes down. Mm. So the more you travel around to these places, the less your income is. It's a clever little thing. Well, mechanically, the reason for that, sorry, thematically, I guess, is yep. because every time you visit somewhere, you have withdrawn funds that you are then using. So okay. therefore, you have less available income around the city itself. So okay. that makes thematic sense to me. And look, to the game, it's as simple as that when you read it and explain it. The realistic level level of difficulty, I guess, mm. is a lot more than this. Yeah. Because you will be presented with a board that is 90 centimetres long and maybe 60, 70 centimetres wide. It's a big board. The mm. player boards are about the size, even though large and rectangular, of, <laughs> it feels like almost a... You know, one of those trays that you'll get your McDonald's yeah. or KFC delivered on when, you, when you're there. They're big and there's a lots of moving pieces, as you would expect from a Vital Lacerda game. And it is so open-ended that you've got no real direction except you'll be given your own escape plan card. Mm. And this gives you a little bit of direction because it tells you which buildings you want to visit that will give you end-of-game money which buildings you want to visit that will give you immediate cash injection, which safe houses you want to visit, and that will at least give you some direction that you want to go in depending on the strategy you choose, which is either going to be I want to get as much physical cash money straight away so that I can then afford to buy more things, or do I want to try and attack and go to some of these businesses where I can get my maximum amount of endgame points or scoring as long as I can afford to escape town at the end of the game. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But, oh, my, there's a lot more to this. Well, my... Actually, I want to take a step back before I say my first impressions. I've got to give a shout-out to a good friend of ours and amazing artist, Ian O'Toole. He's done the art on this, and not just the art, but the, the graphic design. And as usual, so many of the elements on the board are helping you to remember the rules, explaining how things work, reminding you how things work and what little things have to happen. Without that, I mean, in any of Vital's games, you'd be totally lost. Um, this, as we said, look, it's it's not as difficult as some of his heavier, heavier games, but it's got a lot of moving pieces. Mm. So firstly, um, fantastic job, Ian, for those gra graphical design elements. The board really pops it's got lots of colour. It's nice and bright. The player boards are great. The art elements are fantastic. They really do remind you of a heist of... I mean, I, I was thinking New York because there's lots of water, there's lots of buildings. But, you know, any of those big metropolitan cities, the art really makes you think of that. The pictures of the contacts that you meet along the way and the tools that you get... It looks beautiful, this game. It really yeah. does. I think from the actual look of it on the table and the different components and the different things that you get with it, I can't really fault it at all for the way that it looks. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get a bit of positivity in here early. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> all right. 
continue. <laughs> well, I've said enough. Okay. So surely you guys have to tell me a little bit about well, what you think. So then yeah. I haven't said what I think about yeah, it. Yeah. I've given you. T- I've told oh, you how it plays. I wonder. I wonder what the fanboy is going to say. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll jump in uh, now because uh, what I was going to say before I started talking about the the artwork was my first impression was: is this Vital Lacerda or is it Stefan Feld? Because the phrase point salad came into my head because there's so many things you can do to get cash now, to get money later, to set yourself up so you can get some cash now, some money later. Like there's lots and lots of choices. And I was thinking, well, do you do a little bit of everything? Do you do lots of one thing? And then as I played, what I realized was this is not point salad. This is like points bucket where you have to go almost everywhere and do everything to get it all in the bucket and run. It's not a case of, oh, well, I could do a bit of this, I could do a bit of that. You've got to do almost all of it. And, yes, there are some decisions where, well, you know, I could choose not to go there. I'd give away a little bit of this, but I'm getting a little bit more of that. You do have some... um, elements in there where you can make those decisions but a lot of time is actually how can i do all these things yes and because i need won't. to no. of course that's right because in classic vital style you will never have enough time to do everything and and look in terms of the randomness of this when you've got police officers that you've got to avoid which you will be doing on almost every single turn that will really vary your decision yeah. because if you ever take three wounds that will give you a handcuff card to, I guess, thematically say you've been arrested and then you know, whatever. But that is incredibly detrimental to your long-term game because it limits the number of contact cards you can have. It also gives you negative points at the end of the game. So that's really bad. Can I ask a question? Yes. So just so everyone knows, you two played it yeah. with some other friends. Yep. And then, Garth, you and I played it with another friend. So you've played it twice in our game, no one got any handcuffs. In your game, did anyone get handcuffs? Instantly, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think Leon may have got one within first turn. <laughs> I think oh, so. Wow. Somebody, I think I got one in like second turn. I think somebody else got them literally straight away. And it wasn't until the end of the game when there was a big chunk of like end game scoring that was to do with those handcuffs that we were like, oh, I think that was yeah. Where my my wife got like a hundred thousand, and we just got like sixty. And just like what that literally happened like first turn of the game. Oh, yes. so. Which, this sounds like Leon's weekend where he goes straight for the handcuffs straight away. No, 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 no. I, I did relatively good. Anyway, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I wanted to, to bring this up that I understand that it's very much thematic to what this game is. And I understand as somebody that's a huge fan of the Grizzled, this might come off as hypocritical. However, I've written down, and again, it's probably about a month or so ago we played it, so I can't remember exactly, but I had written down some notes and it did say that there is so much negative happening to you which is thematic but that doesn't mean that it's fun mm-hmm. and like i said because i like the grizzled so much it kind of is a bit of a weird thing no, to say that's fair enough. but that's the way that i felt and then the other thing that i've written down here is that the game is quite a, a beast to set up because it's large and there's a lot of components to it the game itself is quite complicated mm. even though once you get the hang of it is yeah but then again it does play kind of quick as a playing of this game 60 to 120 i think is about right but I don't want to play a game for an hour that took me 45 minutes yep. to set up. Yep. There was a game years ago, if I don't remember, called uh, Zombie 15. Oh, yeah. It was a real-time <laughs> game yes. where you did play as a co-op kind of a zombie going around the neighbourhood splattering zombies, and it took 15 minutes. To set up each scenario took nearly longer than 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes, correct. which is the reason why I think I played mm. it once 
got halfway through it and just went, uh, and then never touched it again, even though I'd been so excited about it. So yeah. the way that that was sold with this, I yeah, I just don't think that that's a good thing. Like, I want a game that, the fact that it says 60 to 120 and it is correct, good thumbs up to them. Yes. But I think any game that's got that player length, if the setup and the explanation takes me longer than 20 minutes, that's an issue for me. The explanation did feel long, I must admit. And, you know, you, you had played it before. Carl and I in our game hadn't. The explanation felt quite long. I think if you set this game up for the first time and explain it to people for the first time, that will take longer probably than playing the game. Almost, yeah, I reckon. Which, so when you and I played, yeah. all of us had watched the official rules explanation. Yep. By gaming rules. Yep. You know, Paul, who does oh, the Paul gaming Rogan, rules. Paul yep. Rogan, yep. yep. Which so was good. Everyone of it does was an awesome job. Yep. But that video was 45 minutes long. Yeah. Yep. So that avoided almost every bit of game explanation, whereas when you, myself, and Carl sat down, yep. Mark, Carl certainly hadn't. Yeah. And I, I think I'd, he'd watched I'd, a little I'd bit of it. I watched a bit of it. Yeah. And I also know that when playing with you and Carl then I need to explain every rule because if I don't, that's going to be the rule that will come round and bite somebody in the arse during the game and they'll go, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, and yeah. even still, when we played it, we did so much on the how does this game work that, like I said, the whole all the different end-of-game scoring things, we kind of forgot half of them just because we wanted to get into the game, yeah. which is annoying because the theme I absolutely love and I said the look of it I absolutely love, but it just, it just didn't work for me overall, I'm afraid. Well, I promptly... Move, took my first move to a store and called it a hospital or a clinic. clinic, whatever it was, and then two turns later went, oh, hang on, can I wind that back? No, that doesn't work. And yep. so we had to pretend that it was a clinic for the first turn. We, we <laughs> had to pretend. Uh, okay. So, so just imagine that that, uh, that clinic yeah. folded and the new, the new tenant's actually a okay. convenience hey, store. So by the way, I'm buying some equipment from the, the hospital. There's there. a, lot, a lot happening in the real estate market in this metropolis. So look, I've got a couple of mixed feelings about this game because I want to like it because I'm a fan of what Vital and a fan of what Ian mm -hmm. does. So the, the first thing I thought about is Vital is usually in the heavy Euro space. It's that, for most part, a solitaire puzzle. You are doing the best that you can possibly do with the given options you have. There's not a huge amount of player interaction for for the most part. Yeah. Whereas this game, I feel like in thematic sense, you should have a whole bunch of player interaction. If you've fallen out as a bunch of thieves, yeah. you are going to be trying to take other people's money. You are trying to be doing other stuff to grab that bag of money and run out before someone else. And there is not a huge amount of player interaction. The only things I can think of are if you visit locations where there's someone else already, you'll have to take an additional notoriety. And notoriety is sometimes good and sometimes bad, but ultimately if your notoriety is high at the end of the game, it'll cost you some negative money yeah. at the end. But apart from that, there's no real negative consequences within this game that are thematic. So that makes sense, because that's two criminals are now in the same location, so people will be more suspicious. Yeah, more the, cops, the cops might have got some tails on them or whatever, so yeah. that makes sense. But that is... In our own head, we've just done that. On the game, it is just you put the thematic thing up. Yeah, yeah, one the more star. Notoriety, though, yeah. one. Just like, okay. And in a similar vein, when your notoriety goes past a certain threshold, the other players who are less notorious than you get to move a police officer a little bit closer than you. So it's sort of, you know, the net is tightening or the noose is tightening, sorry. But um, I did expect that to have more impact because mm. I guess... At the start of the game, we had a couple of situations where when the police random, randomly, meeply come out, 
we had double ups and you can only have one of each type of police. So the police presence in the first time was very light and then it grew really quickly. But towards the end of the game, because the board was almost soaked in police, that moving police had very little impact. Correct. The other thing you, uh, you didn't mention was when you exit the city in a three-player game, the first person gets to exit for free. The second person has to pay $5. The third person has to pay $10, I think it was. And that, for example, in our game, that made me want to get out first because money was really tight. But then what we found out was, oh, you actually get your sort of income on the way out the door, which made it yeah. less tight than it potentially could have been. Yeah, so look, we can go into the minutiae of yeah. this, but we're not going to. So look, I want to like this game. I've played it twice. I think the second game with people who've already played it once would be a much better game than your first. For the same reason that you just said, Leon, that the rules explanation, either in terms of preparation that each player is kind of required to have to do, or the preparation that every player has by sitting down and listening to the rules explainer for 30 minutes or whatever, I think that needs to be followed up relatively quickly with a second game where everyone can just hit their straps and go... Bang, let's go and have some fun. And what I worry about is potentially because of, as Leon mentioned, the lack of fun that that second game might not happen. I felt like in terms of the theme, I was excited by the theme. I love heist movies. I was really excited by the theme, but I felt like this was an overly complicated game compared to what the theme was. I felt I was jumping through hoops as I was going around. I didn't really... I have to be honest. I didn't really know what I was doing, and I was sort of doing it. Well, if I do a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of this, I'm going to come out okay. I don't know where okay sits in the scheme of things. As it was, let's say... I smashed it out of the park. He did okay. Um, okay. And I won. Did Garth, did you escape the city this time? Just. I thought I was going to be a dollar <laughs> short again. A dollar short. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> he was sitting there for 20 minutes just going, I, can, no, I can't. I can do it. No, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Which was quite fun. He told us that story, which was yeah. funny. So anyway, um, we better move on because otherwise yeah, yeah. this will take up. Look, I, I guess I just wanted to say I won it. I had a f- funnish time, but I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. And I look... Don't get me wrong, we played the gallerist a, a few weeks back and I love it and it was four-hour crunchiness. I feel like this doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it going to be an exciting, fast-paced game yeah. that fits the theme or is it going to be a crunchy game where you have to think a lot but but plays fast? I, I just don't know. I almost feel for the setup time, give me an extra hour of gameplay and make it not quite as punishing or difficult and I'd probably enjoy it more. I would give this a shot again, but I don't know if I'd go out of my way to yeah. do so. I think... Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 oh, I want to like this game. <laughs> Jeez, I want to like it. But, I, again, I think I would much rather sit down and play Vinyos the Gallerist Lisboa over this. Yeah. And on that bombshell, let's go to a song and come back and talk about something else. Hey, this is Dan May. I'm the creative director at Starling Games and the creator of Polyhero Dice. And you're listening to The Dice Man Cometh. I've listened to the guys' ideas about creating their own games. One on a very long drive back from uh, BorderCon was a uh, legacy game about wallpapering. It's not bad, actually. Well, that was the Foo Fighters with enough space. That is personally for ex-Dice Man Trent. 
purely because <laughs> he hates the Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah. You went the Dice Men Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Leon. Hello. It's time for you okay. to lead the break okay. where you huh? get to recommend games mm. that every single gamer in Australia, the world, the Southern Hemisphere, the hobby, yep. should have. Hang on, let's, let's intro this like good friend of the show, Richard, who made this suggestion on our Patreon page. Yes, good stuff. Leon? Yes. Imagine for a moment. Oh, you? I like to imagine. You work in a friendly local game store uh-huh. and a friendly local walks in, oh. a friendly neighbourhood, Leon, let's say, walks in and says, I've got this group of friends and we do a bit of uh, role-playing. Yep. And we're sort of, we've heard a lot about these board game things. They're sort of taken off. They're, they're, they're hot right now. So, yep. So hot right now. Can you recommend a few to us? I can certainly. What would you recommend? I can certainly do that to you, sir. But firstly, I'm going to jump into kind of a third-person dimension and explain (laughs) to you how I put this list together. So you guys said to me, Leon, put together a recommended list of, say, five games for people that are into RPGs. Oh, you've broken that. I don't care. now. should have told me this earlier. (laughs) Either way, so I'm going to do this based off um, Dungeons & Dragons Mm -hmm. for two reasons. A, that's what I've done pretty much only played since I've been into RPGs, only for the last few years. Yep. And I know there's a lot of other systems out there, your, your Pathfinders, Call of Cthulhu's and so on, and RPG purists out there might go, there are other systems. Yes, I understand that, but you do need to realise that realistically, yep. the amount of role-playing games that are played on the planet, D&D has got to be, what, 80% of it, if not more? For the vast majority of people, if you say there's role-playing no such thing, yeah, game, there's no such thing as role-playing games. Go, oh, D&D. Yeah, there's Dungeons & Dragons. And, oh, there are other systems? Yeah. So anyway, so that's what I've based it on. That's a fair assumption. So, uh, first, okay, so the first on the list, the, um, so recommenders for people that like to play role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, first one... <laughs> Uh, the actual people that make D&D, so the Wizards of the Coast and whatnot, mm-hmm. they've got... There's a lot of D&D board games out there themselves, so oh, yeah. that seems to be the logical place to start. Uh, there are quite a few of them. There's their deck-building one called Dragonfire. There's a lot of them that are actually based off the campaign books that they bring out. So there's a Tomb of Annihilation game. The newest one's the, uh, the Mad Kings game and so on and so forth. There's lots of them, which I haven't actually had a chance to play any of them yet. So the ones I'm going to recommend... There's two of them, because I've kind of done a mark and cheated on half of these. <laughs> So, uh, Lords of Waterdeep yep. is a D&D style game. And there's also Tyrants of the Underdark, mm. which is based off uh, D&D and in, set in the Underdark. But both of those games fill two different niches because Waterdeep is a Euro style game. Yeah, it's a worker placement. It's a worker placement. It's got a bit of a set collection. It's all that kind of stuff. Whereas Tyrants of the Underdark is um, a deck builder, which is more of an American style game. So it's one of those things that you could when it comes to these day and age in games, there's those two different kind of categories. So it also has area control, though, yeah. which is a Euro mechanic. True. Yeah. But if you were looking to get them, oh, I think they're more centric to this style of game or mm-hmm. centric to that style of game, between those two, I think they're solid starters. Yeah, well, okay. absolutely. Lords of Waterdeep, yeah. without doubt, is a classic yeah. in our hobby. Mm. And if you're introducing that game to a bunch of D&D Yep. Aficionados. Yeah. It's instantly comfortable. Yeah. Yep. It's a great introductory level worker placement, that's for sure. At- for me, it, it smashed other things like, um, what's that caveman game? Stone, Stone Age. Age. It smashed that out of the park where, you know, give me a choice of some dry theme or a D&D based game, even though you're moving 
not not cubes, but rogues and fighters and things, even though they're cubes. Yeah. And I know I've been saying this for years. Um, I think you guys would really dig Torrance the Underdark. I just haven't had a chance to get you guys to play it yet. Yeah. And sadly, the game is pretty much dead because you bring out an expansion with cards that don't n- match the normal ga- base game cards. Isn't oh. that one of your pet peeves? No, it was one of Garth's pet peeves. <laughs> exactly. And he's yeah. completely right. He, damn right he's he is. He's stupid because it's not even worth mentioning. <laughs> so that was the first one. Oh, so the next one. So... People that like role-playing games, they like the big, big longer story type things. But sometimes you need a DM to do that. You need a good DM to make a good DM session. But sometimes they want to take a bit of a break and they want to be involved in the story as well. So I've got, again, two games for them because I couldn't really pick between the two. And that is Stuffed Fables yes. and Descent. Okay. Because they both are kind of very similar. They scratch different kinds of itches. You could argue... For either of them, I think. Um, if you're going to just buy one, Stuff Fables has probably got a little bit more in it, but then Descent is also, you know, now you've got... To, you can play it with an evil person as the DM or you can play it with the app where there is no DM, and that's story-driven as well. Much more fantasy-based is Descent. Yeah. Um, and it still kind of hasn't been bettered as far as I'm concerned in that kind of style. You can get heaps of expansions for it and keep going and going and going. Stuff Fables is only just the base game as itself at the moment, but it's self-contained. Yeah. So depending on what you like... But there's so much plastic and so much extra stuff with Descent that if I was trying to introduce some D&D friends, I would certainly be picking Descent off just because, again, it's familiar. You are all working together. You're all heroes. You're all unique characters as well who've got your own special abilities and you're attacking bad stuff. What that bad stuff is, oh, well, you'll find out along the way. Look, I... I made a mirror list pretending to be Leon from a mirror dimension, and I'm not going to talk about it now. What, there's yeah. multi-Leons? But yeah. oh the reason I didn't have Stuff Fables or Descent, I considered them both. because you put down the game that I wouldn't have put on my list? No, no. Oh. Um, I just felt like potentially, maybe, if you're going to go down the path of something like Descent, well it's almost going to chew up the same amount of time that you're going to take to do a role-playing adventure anyway. But I also thought maybe if, depending on this imaginary group of friends, if they're, you know, light on into board games, there might be a few too many rules there and might turn them off a little bit. That's that's all I sort of considered. With the app, that is immediately taken care of. Yeah, exactly. All right, so moving on to the next game um, that I'm going to recommend for role players. <laughs> so, in role-playing games, you've got to work together, an important part. So, a good co-op game. So, I've got down Eldritch Horror. Ooh! Because Eldritch Horror is one of my favourite co-op games, mm-hmm. and it is also a lead-in to, if you wanted to get into Call of Cthulhu, yes. so another type of role-playing game. Nice. And there's so many different scenarios you can do in it. You can get into the kind of the, involved of the RP. Each character has a backstory. You can pretend to be them, have different accents at the table and that kind of stuff. I've thought of something like, say, Ghost Stories, because that's also a co-op, but there's nowhere as much... RP and story involved in that, so I thought Eldritch Horror would be a good shout. I said I wasn't going to mention my mirror list, but <laughs> I, I just want to will mention that I threw in, for very similar reasons, Mansions of Madness. Now, yeah. of course, you would say, but hang on, it's the same as Descent because you got that. Because I felt like with Mansions of Madness, the app sort of runs the game for you and is maybe makes it a bit more accessible. Yep. That so that the rules aren't that much of a um, yeah. of an issue. But yeah, look, yeah. So, what a great theme. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth one on my games recommend for role players <laughs> is uh, Spyfall. 
Because any good D&D group, you need a filler, you need something light, and Spyfall is a great way for people to get into different roles because that game you can play it by just, oh, we all know the location, I'm a person at that location. But if you look down in that right-hand corner, they each say, like, uh, occupation of a person at that right-hand corner. Mm -hmm. And, like, for instance, there was once we played and we were down a mine and I was a canary, and that was great fun. (laughs) So when it comes to playing D&D, people do tend to get caught up. Yeah in the fact that you're playing a game and forget about the role-playing, but which can be the most exciting and interesting parts of them. And this is a good place to say, look, this is only a five-minute game, but you can pretend to be this character for five minutes. How cool is that? I think if you want to introduce people to gaming who are knowing... You know, and, and live and love role play. I think that is an ideal choice. Yeah. I think something along those vein is just a perfect way yeah. to transition role players into role playing for gaming yeah. purposes and also, as opposed to for story purposes. Most good role playing groups tend to have five, six, seven people, which is perfect for us by fault. Mm. All right, and my final one, the fifth one on the list for role playing people, is a uh, role player. Hey! <laughs> Funnily enough, really? uh, because. I mean, it's basically the setup to D&D. You're rolling heaps of dice, which, again, is one of the coolest things about most role-playing games is yep. all the heaps of dice. And you can actually take the character you've made, if you like them so much, into a role-playing scenario. Completely agree, because I love role-playing, but I really don't enjoy character creation, Yep. but I really do enjoy role-playing. Playing. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, look, I'll just... Before we take a quick break and come back talk a little bit more, I'm just going to mention the rest of Mira Leon's list. <laughs> Clank, of course, which is a, a dungeon crawling deck builder and really quite simple. Yeah. I also had role player, um, magic maze. I thought because you've sort of got those yeah, fair th- point. those adventuring tropes and also a co-op. That's very much in the spy yep. type of idea. Um, Burgle Brothers because I felt like it's almost like a dungeon crawl except it's like an escape crawl. Sure. Um, and of course, I mentioned Man- Mansions of Madness. I think that's enough. I All right, I let's go it. to a super quick song. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Liam. That's really cool. I like that. No uh, and then we'll come back with. Uh, well, Mark or I talking about the types of games that we would introduce. Hello everyone, your friendly neighbourhood Leon here. Just a quick break in the action to remind you all on how the fun ways you can support the show. You can jump on over to Patreon where you can donate, which has helped us over the last five years, get to great conventions all around Australia and hopefully internationally. You can give as much or as little as you like. Personally, I would ask, maybe just give us a dollar. I give to about 12 different podcasts a dollar a month. I don't even notice that it's gone, but trust me, they know that it's in there, and if everyone listening to my voice right now gave us that dollar, we would be much, much appreciative. Also, you could jump onto Redbubble and type in Dice Men Cometh and get any kind of merch there that you're after. You can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get mugs, you can get stickers, any type of size, colours, anything you want. We've been doing them for years, and they are absolute quality. Also, you could go over to iTunes and chuck us a cheeky five-star review. It doesn't seem like much, but it is the reason how we get our podcast out there to international listeners especially, because those charts put us ahead of things like Google searches and things like that, and it is also very, very helpful. And just follow us all on the social medias. You've got your Facebooks, you've got your Instagrams, you've got your Twitters, you've got all that kind of stuff. Every single bit of it, we put different content on it, so it's not just the same stuff recycled over and over again. And if you want to get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, you can get in touch with us on those socials or at DiceMenCometh at gmail.com. We've had many, many sponsors over the years, so if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities for the show or anything to that nature, that's where you can get a hold of us. Now, Back to the action. 
Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. And that was uh, Scooter by, um, I believe, a new act <laughs> called Kate Miller-Heidke that I don't think I've ever heard of in there at least go. a week or two, I Mark. believe she's known as Mark's radio wife. Yeah, I have heard that. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, so we're running out of time, as we always tend to, so we might not get to everybody's list, but we'll go for yours next, Marky. Okay, well, speaking of role-playing, yeah. I'm role-playing as a friendly local game store staff member mm. and yeah in my like role haven't had a shower for a while <laughs> yeah sounds about in, right. my, in my role playing oh. world a lovely young couple come in as they do and they've heard about these board board and games yeah and they think they'd like to try some they haven't played a lot of games before so what I would mention. So I have not only tried to go for five different games, I've tried to go for five different genres. So the first one, everyone loves an abstract game. And to me, there's a hands-down winner in this category. That's oh, going to be course, Torres, isn't it? Is Azul oh. by Michael Keesling and Plan B Games. It looks so beautiful. It's easy to learn. It's quick to play. And it's one of those games you can play it over and over and over and over and over again. Have a lot of fun with it. Then you spread it out and you teach it to your friends and your family, and it's really easy to lose, uh, easy to learn. I'd say you could you could go with either version. What the giant version that I have? Of course, I'd probably go with the base version rather than the stained glass or central version. Oh, you're new to games. Here's this three hundred dollar <laughs> <laughs> random tile games. All right, now the second the second genre, everyone's got to have one of these or ten, like me. Deck building. Now, in this one, there is so many to choose from. I already mentioned Clank by Renegade. Of course, you've got the legendary or legendary encounters. Did you guys know there's legendary a James Bond deck building game coming out later this year? But, of course, you've got Alien Predator, Buffy, Firefly, X-Files. You've also got your Harry Potter Hogwarts battle. Or even if you're into your anime, Leon... Your Tanto Quare, which is a personal favourite of mine. Or if you're a word game person, you've got paperback or hardback. Either of those is fantastic. I've just mentioned about 20 games. There. Yes, you have. Yeah, not, has, has one of them been two-player yet? No, I don't think so. Oh, they are all brilliant with two players. I have played all of those games two-player and they are all fantastic. My third genre, worker placement. I'm not going to go down the the, uh, the water deep path. I am, of course, going to go with the granddaddy of worker placement. Four couples or threes or fours. You can expand it to your friends, of course. Pandemic. It's so good. And that is going to take you down the pandemic legacy rabbit hole. Is that a good thing? Oh, yeah, if you're a couple. And you can How be you like know? our... Well, I haven't played this one with my... Significant other, but look at you our friends. You haven't finished it with your friends. Look either. at our friends, Oren and Georgie, who smashed that one out in a weekend and had such a great time. And that then takes you down the rabbit hole to all campaign and legacy games. <gasps> what a rabbit hole that is. I wonder when he's going to start talking about two-player games. Yeah, okay. The fourth genre is the small card game. I'm calling that a genre. The one that, that Sarah and I love, and we, we played it on our cruise, is Jaipur. We've had a lot of fun with that. It's a two-player game, Garth. Oh, finally. I'll make a note of that. The other one that I think uh, you know is in this same category that you can play with more than two, but we have loved it as a two-player game, is the game The Game. Yes. We've played that so many times, I've been amazed, and it's just a lot of fun in a short period of time. My fifth genre, I'm sort of blending a little bit here. I'm calling it Escape Room slash Adventure. Mm-hmm. where you've got the Exit series, some fantastic little games, but also things like Sherlock Holmes 
or even Chronicles of Crime. Now, we have found these games. We set aside two, three hours, depending on the game. A really great night's entertainment, particularly for us. We love, as I've said so many times, we love crime TV shows and things. So Sherlock Holmes and Chronicles of Crime have been great for us. But these are, the rules are light enough. I wouldn't mention Detective, probably because it's a little bit heavier, but certainly Sherlock and Chronicles of Crime and Exit is amazing. Any of those Exit games. And did I tell you that's five genres? Seriously, you're not mentioning Fog of Love. Um, well, I do have a sixth genre. The Fog of Love genre. Is, and no, is no, it no. The finally, no. the two-player genre? No, no. It's called Party Games or Super Light Games. And in there, I want to mention Codenames Duet. I was about to say, Party Games for two. I'll give you Codenames Duet. That's all you're getting. Yeah, now, now, just quickly, I did do a lot of research in this list because obviously I haven't played all the games. And there's three, and I don't know if either of you had experience with these, but there's three that seem to come up over and over again. Fox in the Forest, which is a little trick-taking card game that seems to be extremely popular, and I really would like to try it. It looks very cool. Yeah. Patchwork. Patchwork yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, and Hanamakoji, yes. the geisha game. Which has the sequel Shadows of Kyoto as well. Okay. Mm. So those three came up a lot in other people's lists. So, hey, I'm going to throw them out there because I haven't played them. And they're actually two-player games. There you go. <laughs> Look, I'm always happy to recommend the classics like Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne. Splendor. Um, I've heard the new Ticket to Ride New York is really good and plays quite quick. Yep. And as I've written here, of course, when you want to get a little deeper... <laughs> you could try a bit of role-playing in Fog of Love there we as go. the ultimate couples game. But you wouldn't want to start with that. You need to work No, up. it's a bit... You need to work up It's a bit gamey game. Yeah. Well, it's also a bit confronting because you need to be not playing yourselves. You need to be yes. playing fantastical people. Yes. And that is a bit more of a stretch if you're only introducing maybe your partner or yourselves to gaming. Anyway, I think I've just sold that couple that have wa- walked into my game store about 30 games. And then they've just turned over to me and I've sold them Santorini instead. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. I just say just get them, get them on the app. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, okay. look, that has been episode 274. Yeah. Yep. We will come back with Leon absent next week. Yeah, oh. sorry, I've got to do that work again. If so, somebody has a high-paying job that involves me not working nights, I'll be more than happy to take it off you. Well, if someone has a high-paying job that involves me not working, yes. I'd be happy to I'd get one of those. I'd also take one of those as well. Oh, I'm happy to work. I'm off to Sri Lanka for work in the not-too-distant future, so that's all right. But anyway, look, that's been episode 274. We'll come back next week. We will be talking about a game that you will not play every weekend. Oh, yes. I can guarantee you that. We will be talking about my list of games that you might want to buy if you want to get your family and your children into gaming. Are you going to do some role-playing? No, I'm going to do some playing with my children. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, we might head off. We'll leave you the song. You play lots of games. We're going to play probably not so many games this week, but one really, really big game. We'll talk about it next week. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. If the computer wants to work, bye. This has been an edit of The Dice Men Cometh from Edge Radio 99.3 FM, Hobart's independent youth station. Find us on Facebook and edgeradio.org.au.